Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. I'm really excited about this, uh, this message. I approach it with gravity. I approach it with uh, uh, sincerity uh, because the, the question came to me, uh, are you becoming ordinary? Uh, can someone predict what you're going to say next because you're so into who you are and so into your routine that nothing seems to pull you out of it? Uh, can you look at your life and see a growth spurt or are you doing the same things that you've always done? I believe the Lord is arresting us uh, now because the Holy Spirit is calling us to higher heights and deeper depths, depths. A lot of times we don't see that when going through trials, but he uses trials in your life, even previous trials, to prepare you for this moment. Did you take advantage of them? Did you look at yesterday and learn from it, or the day before and learn from it, or the year before and learn from that? Or 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when God starts working in your life, how did you manage that? And where are you today? We certainly can't fall into the same traps that we fell into years ago. God has a plan for your life, and his plan is for you to be victorious. His plan is for us to be, to be broader and, uh, and to live a life, what we call, more abundantly. So God's plan for your life, and if you're uh, writing this down, because if you're, if you're listening to me, I'm a teacher first, and I want you to make sure that you're putting down notes because you can't absorb all that you hear. You need to uh, be a note taker so you can visit these things and be able to refer to them on a regular basis. God's plan for your life is abundant life. That's his plan. That's his goal for you is to live the abundant life. The AL or the abundant life refers to life in its abounding fullness of joy and strength. The AL is, it refers to a life uh, in its abounding fullness of joy. The bubbling joy and strength, not only for your spirit, but for your mind and your body and your soul. So God wants your body, your mind, and your soul to step into the abundant life. The AL is for you. The AL, the abundant life, signifies a contrast. And God wants you to look at it. He wants you to see abundant life and a complete separation from all feelings of lack and emptiness and, and, uh, and, and distraction or dissatisfaction. So the abundant life is the complete contrast to lack and emptiness and dissatisfaction. So God's plan for you is AL, abundant life. He wants you to live in the fullness of joy and strength. He wants that in your mind. He wants you to have the AL in your body and also in your soul. But he also wants you to see a contrast, a complete separation, a complete separation all of all feelings of lack, emptiness, and dissatisfaction. 
feelings of dearth, emptiness, feelings of desolation, everything lost and destroyed, feelings of displeasure may even provoke a person to do things better or to search for something better, to pursue the meaning of life. So even if you're experiencing dearth and desolation and displeasure, God wants you to know that he will use, he can use those feelings and emotions to kind of push and motivate you to begin to search for life's essence, to search for change in your life. And change doesn't come because we migrate. Change comes from the inside out. Notice, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's already there. You just have to prime the power that's there. If Jesus is in your life, you need to be pumping it up. You don't need to pump up the volume. When I was coming up, they had a song, pump up the volume, pump up the volume. You don't need to pump up the volume. You need to pump up some Jesus, J-U-S-U-S, J-E-S-U-S, J-E-S-U. I'm preaching, y'all. <laughs> pump up Jesus. You don't need to pump up no Kavasi. Hey, pump up Jesus. That joy that you got from those bottles will only last for a little while. Let me just share something with you. I've had uh, almost 80 bottles of alcohol donated to me. And uh, believe me, they still have the screw on top. <laughs> but people have gotten delivered from this thing that snatches away their tithes, snatches away their joy, snatches away their resources, snatches away their offering because they drink it up. And it say, the scripture says, be not drunk with wine where there is excess, but be filled with the spirit. In other words, as the wine makes you feel bubbly and you can laugh, he wants you to ha 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 lay with the spirit when the Holy Ghost hits you. And you need to learn how to pump up a little bit of that and get a shot of Jesus and everything will be all right. Not Patron, get a little Jesus. Come on, not, not some Kavasa, yeah, get a little Jesus. Not no Crown Royal. We ain't talking about Apple Crown Royal. We're talking about Jesus. This is what's happening all over the world through this pandemic. You can't go to a store and find liquor. People are buying the liquor and drinking it up. You know why? Because we're trying to feel voids. Have you become, are you becoming ordinary? Are you doing what everybody else is doing? Are you extra ordinary? Abundant life. Abundant life. Write it down. Prolific opportunities. Prolific opportunities. But with the opportunity comes an obligation and a responsibility. The abundant life. Prolific opportunities. Right now. Right while we're here, God is at work. In the midst of this fog, God is at work. Prolific opportunities. Prolific opportunities as it relates to buying property. Uh, prolific opportunities as it relates to starting businesses. Prolific opportunities as it relates to really, really touching our community for Jesus. Well, we can't do it physically, but let me tell you, God is innovative. I'm coming to you right down, uh, right in your home today through cyberspace. This is what we call the Internet Church. God prepared us for this years ago, told us to invest in an Internet Church. I didn't know what was coming, but you need to invest in it so you can minister to your people. Glory to God. These young people, they're used to having devices in their hands anyway. Even while I preach, they're still checking texts. 
And if you're in the sanctuary, you're not supposed to be surfing to one church, to the next church, to the next church while I'm preaching. You're looking at what this preacher's saying and what that preacher's saying. We're living in some hard times today. It's hard to be a preacher today because people can just t cut you off and, and tune into somebody else. What Jake's is saying, he's saying, get, get, get ready. Get back to Merton Clark. That's what Bishop Jakes is saying in the spirit. Get back to your church, your local church. It doesn't matter how big the church is today, all of us are storefronts. Get in the church, say amen. amen. The abundant life, have you thought about it? Have you become ordinary, regular, the same old, same old? Is that your life? One way of viewing the abundant life is to see when people have been changed by the power of Christ. They live differently. At least they should. Which affects all aspects of their experience. This is one way of seeing it. When you come to know Jesus, you're supposed to live life differently. Nobody should say, well, that's what they've always done. Once you follow Jesus, things need to shift in your life. And that's where the real struggle is because people have not learned how to let go of yesterday. The abundant life requires a releasing of yesterday's attitude, yesterday's sin, yesterday's procedures to adopt something fresh and new. And this is what I love about my life in Christ. Every day I'm learning how to live in the abundant life. I know it's supposed to be joyful, fullness of joy in my mind, my body, and my soul. I'm supposed to step out of dearth and step out of disappointment and dissatisfaction into total satisfaction. To be um, uh, satisfied through and through. And to a, uh, be able to launch into another dimension of joy and fulfillment. And so when you come to know who Jesus is, you need to live a different life, which affects all aspects of your life. Your financial life will be affected if you know Jesus. Your, your social lives will be affected. You will have to let some people go, but you'll gain so much more. Glory to God. And that's how it is. Even in finances, you have to sow a seed, but you get a harvest. He changes our mind daily about how to tap in and then experience the abundant life. When this message is over, I want you to be able to say, I want the AL. I want the AL. Glory to God. I want the AL. And I'm not talking about a car model. I'm talking about the abundant life. Now, some people only see abundance as it relates to a, a bigger car or a better car. With bigger and better comes a lot of responsibility. For out of, uh, this is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to look at that. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. Paul is trying to help a church understand how to step into the abundant life. How do you do that when you're going through affliction? Look at verse 4. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. It's on the screen for those of you that need to see it. For out of much affliction. And anguish of heart. That's people who are going through issues. I wrote unto you. Paul says, I'm writing to you 
uh, not based on my experience because I'm experiencing affliction and anguish, but I write to you out of the abundance of what's going on on the inside. I write unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but you might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. Now, this man is able to experience affliction and grief and still right to encourage others. And you've been there before. You've had stuff going on in your life and suddenly another issue come up. And next thing you know, you're pouring into that person, pouring into them some encouragement when you know you're hurting yourself. And they're leaning on you and you don't know how you're doing it. You know why? You've tapped into the love that's in your life more abundantly. Now the enemy will try to wrap it up. He'll try to wrap it up with affliction and anguish. He'll try to wrap it up with hurts. But you got to learn how to let God work in you. That abundance doesn't come with the car, house, or property. The abundance comes from the inside out. Because you can have all of those things and still not be happy. So in verse uh, 4, you need to understand that hurts, hurt hearts, cry. Paul said, for out of much affliction and anguish of heart and hurt hearts cry. Anguish of soul actually create issues of bleeding hearts. The issue of a bleeding heart will follow the anguish of soul. Whether you know it or not, you'll leave a trail of blood when your heart is hurting. But I want to tell you that God is able to take a hurting heart, hallelujah, and move it over slightly so the abundant life can still flow through. Glory to God, hallelujah. And I just decree and declare that there's some people under the sound of my voice that have some hurting hearts today. But what God is doing is just moving it over so it won't block this flow because he's sending the love. Hallelujah. He's sending the abundance, the exceeding glory to God. Abundance. Hallelujah. That's far above what you ever asked or think according to the power that's at work in you. It's inside of you. And by the Holy Ghost today, I'm pumping it up. Glory to God. Priming it until it starts flowing flowing in your life that hurt heart will not stop this flow glory to God God loves you beyond what you're going through he loves you beyond what you've experienced he be, he, he loves you beyond what you've done you got to let it move to the side so he can minister to you and through you to someone else if you don't know it there are people around you right now that are starving for the love that's in you they're starving for the affection that's in you they're starving for the abundant the al that's in you and the enemy wants you locked up because hurting hearts cry and if you don't be careful they will cry and tell you to lock up and back away and don't let nobody know your pain but god wants to work it in you and he wants to fix it glory to god he wants to cause it to be an open door for you to touch others lives the word comes to shift you notice what he says paul says this in verse four he says uh, for out of much affliction and anguish of heart i wrote unto you in other words i sent a word to you and when the word comes it comes to shift you from a grieving soul a heart receptive to a heart receptive to the love of god this is the purpose of the word is right there in verse four i got anguish 
an affliction going on in my life, but I write to you. I wrote to you. I sent a word, and the word comes to shift you. So I'm decreeing and declaring a divine shift in your life. A shift from the grieving. A shift from the anguish. A shift from the affliction. Come on, shift with me. You got to push it to the side now. You got to let it go. I know things aren't working, but shift. I know you feel like you're stuck, but shift. Come on, shift out of first gear. Shift in the second. You got to shift it up now. You need to know what time it is. Some of you are too cool right now. God wants to get something to you, but you're too slow. He's throwing it to where you're going, not where you are. The word comes to shift you in speed and in direction. Also to take you from the lowest of the low to put you in a place where you become receptive to the things of God. Hallelujah. I feel good, good, good. I feel good, oh my Lord. Every time I think about Jesus, it makes me feel good, good. Out in the sunshine, out in the rain, I'm going to keep on blessing his name every time I think about Jesus. I'll praise him myself. It makes me feel good. I don't need nothing to change around me. I don't need to take a shot. I can sing a song now. He's been too good. And sometimes if you just start singing a song and lifting up your hand, your attitude would change. Shift out of this anguish. Shift out of this stuff. God is trying to get something into your life. Glory to God. I'm telling you right now. Look at this word. The word comes to shift you, to shift you, to shift you. That's why he sent his word. Glory to God. And the example of process of a process servant is an ability. A process servant is able to take uh, to get into the shift, shift the gears and to minister to others while they're going through. And this is the this is the example of a process servant. I know your pain. And the word comes to shift me from anguish to an abundant love overflowing. A process servant would say that I'm going through pain, but that's not the end result. Pain is just an indicator that I need to shift. I know your pain and the word came to shift me from anguish to an abundant love overflowing. Next time you go through pain, this is what I want you to say. I know pain. And the word has come to shift me from anguish, to shift me from agony, to shift me from pain and worry, to an abundant love overflowing. That's where God wants me to be. Pain wants you to stay in that, that same environment. I'm going through, I don't know how this is going to work. Once you pray to God and ask him to touch it, you got to turn it over to the Lord. Out in the sunshine. Out in the rain. Uh, let me help you. Let me do a little Frankie Beverly for you then. <laughs> Y'all ain't ready, man. They don't want to hear what I'm singing about Jesus, but let me give you a little Frankie. <laughs> Joy and pain, sunshine and rain. Talk to me, somebody. It doesn't matter if it's joy or pain. You need to shift it. Glory to God. The word comes to shift you into an abundant love overflowing. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, one of my favorite chapters 
in the Bible. Look at the man of God again encouraging the church at Corinth. Not boasting, verse 15, not boasting of things without our measure. I'm not going to brag and become braggadocious about things that's outside of my scope. That is of other men's labors. I can't talk about what somebody else did and the victory that they had and how God brought them out or what they were able to do during tough times. Notice what the man of God is saying. This is verse 15, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labor, but having hope, expectancy, when your faith increased. I'm talking about uh, the gifts of the spirit and uh, God wants to empower you uh, to flow in the abundant life. And I'm really focusing on two things today, uh, today at 8 o'clock and 11, because there are two gifts, two more gifts that God wants me to highlight. I dealt with, mir with miracles, but God wants you to know he wants faith. This is an abundant level of faith to arise in you and also the gift of healing. The gift of healing. There are people that's going to get healed from their trouble. And there's some mind healing that you need. There's some soul damage that you need corrected. And so the Bible says, having hope when your faith is increased, that you should be enlarged, that you, we shall be enlarged by you according to our, our, uh, our rule, our rule abundantly. Now notice, Paul is saying something very interesting here, and I wanted to just extract it. He said, not, not boasting of things without of our, outside of our measure. In other words, I can't really talk about what's going on in other preachers' lives and, and, and give you a real scope of that, because God worked in, in them to do that. I can't really talk about men's labor outside of my scope. I know that I'm going through, and I know the Bible says no man has, has ever gone through anything like independently. No test has taken you, but such is common to man. For God is faithful. So God let me know through the word that there are other people that went through what I went through and they, they came out successful. And so can you. So I can't boast uh, based on another man's uh, labor of other men's labor, but having hope when your faith. He's talking about the people that he's ministering to. And I'm talking about the people that I'm ministering to today. I'm hoping that your faith increase. That we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. In other words, I need to see the people that I'm ministering to come out of ruts. Then I'll boast in that. I need to see people that are under the sound of my voice, under this ministry for years, that came in the ministry battling with some things, but after being here, God broke some shackles in your life. Yeah. Glory to God. You came in one way not knowing who you are. But because you've been putting the word into practice. There's some things according to our rule abundantly. You've shifted out of them. And he has enlarged us. By you. Which simply means we need to develop a rapport here. If I'm preaching the word can't you step in abundance. If I'm releasing the antidote. Glory to God. Can't you decree that I'm healed. If I speak to you the truth of God's word, no lie can feed you. Glory to God. And if you're satisfied, then a person's put, put 10 stakes in front of you, you will push them aside because there's no hunger or no appetite for it. You've already been satisfied and cured. And when you're satisfied with Jesus, these things 
can't eat you up anymore. Glory to God. The amplified version of the same verse reads it a little bit more clearer. We do not boast, therefore, beyond our proper limit over other men's labor. Can't talk about what they did and how they did. But we have the hope or the expectancy and confidence expectation that as your faith continues to grow, our field among you may be greatly enlarged. Still within the limits of our commission. So I'm believing God that through your faith and as it grows, that our ministry will be greatly enlarged in scope, effective, efficiency, effectiveness, and power. Amen. I don't want to shout and say, God is blessing me right now. I want to shout when he's blessing you. I want to shout when he's turning your life around. I want to shout when you can lift up your hands and look what the Lord has done. I want you to run back giving reports. My God, he healed me. I operated in the faith, the gift that he gave me. And a miracle took place. I was hurting in my mind and in my soul from all of the stuff that I went through. But I woke up one morning and it was all gone. It dropped in the sea. He turned me around. He set my feet on solid ground. He put a song in my heart. Glory to God. He put, hallelujah, he put new friends around me. I can't even find those old people anymore. I reached in my, in my bosom searching for the scar. He even healed the scar. I'm not worried about what that man did to me. That man's gone. I found something new. The business that I lost, God has provided something else for me. I want you to know he can do it for you. Ty Trippin said, if he did it before, he can do it again. And I'm here to tell you, he did it before and he will do it again. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Are you becoming average? Are you becoming ordinary? Let me ask you this question. Do you believe God has called you? He's purposed you to produce extraordinary? If you believe that, say amen. If God has called you to be extraordinary, you believe it, then you need to say, I agree in Jesus' name. And you need to agree with it and not agree with ordinary stuff. If you're still sipping on gin and juice, with my mind on my money, my money on my mind, if that's where you are, Man, this is crazy, man. This is Dr. Dre way back in 1990. Some of these kids wasn't even born in 1990. Lay back with my mind. This Snoop Doggy Dog way back there. That's where you are? We're in the 21st century, man. These kids don't know about that stuff. We need to get our heads together. God wants to produce something in your life far beyond money. Far beyond money. Money can't buy no love. Houses and cars, that's not where it's at. God wants you to have the abundant life flowing through you. Do you remember the last time someone looked at you and said, you don't fit in. You're different. You remember the last time somebody said, you're different? 
Usually when a man tell a woman like that, it perks her ears up. Really? Really? What do you mean? Tell me. <laughs> well, you are different. But when was the last time somebody told you that you were different? Years ago, I was battling with my, my Christian faith, and um, I went to this nice little, um, uh, maybe an American Legion, I'm not sure. And I walked in, had a turtleneck on and a nice little gold chain, walked in, sat at the bar and said, you know, I wasn't a heavy drinker. I said, order some type of drink. When I sat down, this lady sat next to me and said, you look like a bishop. I said, what? <laughs> what? You look like a bishop. You're not supposed to be here. You know what I did? I shut down shop, got in my car. I can't fit in everywhere. If you can fit in everywhere, that's ordinary. He made you different. That's why you get hurt. You get in relationships you shouldn't be in because you're trying to fit in with these people. He made you different from your mother's womb. And he's always took care of you. Oh, help me, Jesus. Let me put my notes to the side right now and minister to you. He's always took care of you. Even when you did wrong, he always covered you. He always watched out for you. Everybody could be smiling, but inside of you, you know, man, I really messed up. And he's still covered over you because you're different. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You felt different. Where other people can cut folk loose, you still try to work it out. You do it over and over and over again. You can't sleep when people are mad at you. Oh, help me, Jesus. It's this little misunderstanding. Others can keep going, get lost. You need to get your own mind right. They move it on, but inside of you, you want to make it right. Because you're different. And he's always watched out for you. Other people were killed, and he kept you here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Other people have lost their sons and yours are still here. <laughs> then others have lost their sons and they're here and you have yours and you're gone. How can a person lose their child and still love Jesus? And you don't know if you want to work with him or not. You're different. Don't let the world suck the life out of you. Most people live their entire lives as a complete stranger to who they are. Most people live their entire lives as a complete stranger to who they are in life. They've been copying everybody else. That they never stepped into who they are. I'm pulling on your distinction this morning. I put my hand on the wheel of your distinction and I'm turning it in the name of Jesus on the level of your distinction and I'm pulling on it. You will not fit in. You will not fit in the world. You will not be able to go out there and have a good time. Something will always go wrong because he's married to you. We're supposed to be different. It's okay to be different. Sometimes you have to walk alone when you're different. 
you certainly will be misunderstood. You can have the best heart in the room, provide for everybody, and when you don't have no money, they don't show up no more. As long as you pour and everything is okay, but when it's time for them to pour, they ain't got it. I can't tell you how many times I've taken people to dinner, paid for it two years in a row, but then I didn't linger one time. They still sitting there, arms shut, arms closed like that, waiting. Bouncing. Everything all right? I said, yeah, everything's all right. Never say, you know what, can I take the moment? Can I take, can I, you know, I tell you what, I got this. I know what it's like. I'm different like that. When I see a waiter, when I see a waiter laboring at the table, I don't say, well, maybe you just had a few bad days in your life. Maybe you made some wrong decisions. Like I heard somebody say to a waitress. She was tired. She was tired. She was tired. 1130 at night. And she said, well, I'm just so hurt, tired. Well, maybe you made some bad decisions in your life. She said, my husband died. <laughs> But in me, for some reason, I could see. I could see her walking on the side of her shoes. I can see she was elderly. Maybe she didn't have the good breaks, but her husband died. And she had to work like that just to make some ends meet. So I put a little piece of money in her hands. That's who I am. Hallelujah. Everybody's not that way. They can care less. As long as you bring the coke and you make sure the, 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 the slam dinner is there and the breakfast is there and everything is warm, you're out of there. But I'm a little different. And if you're different, be different. Even if you have to walk alone. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm preaching to somebody. Somebody said, you know what? I am different. And I'm not going to slip into that rut called ordinary. <laughs> Glory to God. You're supposed to be different. Dare to be different. Manifest distinction. Come on. Say, I will manifest distinction. That's right. There's something in you that God wants to blossom that the world hadn't seen. Glory to God. The scripture says you are a chosen generation. That means you were chosen for this time. Not for tomorrow, not for next year. He chose you for this time. With all of the things, he raised up Clark for Corona. He gave me the focus I have right now. He gave me that unflinching zeal, preaching for years because he was preparing me for this moment, glory to God, to instruct his people, come out this way. Do not get out there and start hanging out with people. You need to obey orders right now. The death angel is passing through. But if you stay in the order, it becomes a house where the blood has been put over the doorpost. And when the death angel comes through, he will pass over you. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And so you need to understand you are a chosen generation, chosen for this time. Don't miss the moment. This is your time to manifest distinction. If you're not distinct, you'll never, ever embrace faith as it relates to the gifts of the spirit. Because this faith will make you distinct. This faith will make you claim things when you don't have money. This faith will make you walk around property that you don't own. This faith will say, I believe God. <laughs> and watch God bring it to pass. Thank you, Jesus. Not only that, you are a royal priesthood. 
you're a royal priesthood, a kingdom of worshipers. What were true worshipers at? Right here. We're going to create a new atmosphere. And we got to learn how to worship God. You are a royal priesthood. And if I could do a Bible on parade or get a few people to get down at the corner of Palm Bay Road and Babcock, I would go through my own type of drama. Hallelujah. In other words, when we deal with Genesis, we'll have a lot of baby carriages. And we'll have a lot of fresh plants just hanging on the corner. And we'll talk about new beginnings and new beginnings and the rebirth. That's your Genesis. And when we deal with Exodus, I would have people wearing whatever you got saved in, whatever year you got saved, I want you to wear that kind of toggery. If you had a wig on, put it on. And I want you to go down there and say, Jesus saved me from this. And Jesus saved me from that. That's your Exodus. Glory to God. And then if we move to Leviticus, we'll have cry robes on. And priestly garb on. And we'll be singing out there with choir robes. Singing praise to God. Have our musicians out there. And they'll be working it. Glory to God. Working it. Working it. Working it. Give me some bass. Give me some keys. Give me some drum. Give me a beat. And everybody worshiping God. And synchronizing. That's Leviticus. Glory. Hallelujah. And numbers, glory to God, numbers would be uh, those uh, wilderness wanderings where we came together. Hallelujah. And we would be dressed up accordingly. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is where the law was given. Hallelujah. Uh, somebody's there with a hammer and a judge, a judge outfit. And I want you to know we can go through the entire Bible pointing people to Jesus. But you need to know that Leviticus worshipers, worshipers, true priests of the Most High God, royal priests, a kingdom of worshipers. And that worship will attract glory to God. That worship will attract God's supernatural power. So you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a group of people that worship God. And the worship will attract supernatural power from on high. So lift up your hands right now and begin to worship. Well, Bishop, nobody's around. That's where worship becomes pure. When nobody else is around. I can't even see you. By, by faith, I can see you. I can see you lifting up your hands in front, of your, in front of your screen. And I can see those in the sanctuary lifting up their hands and just saying, God, I bless your name. Because he made you a royal priesthood. A kingdom of priests. A kingdom of worshipers. And that worship, and that worship will attract the supernatural power of God. Not only are you a chosen generation, chosen for this time, a royal priesthood, a kingdom of worshipers, but you are a holy nation. God has called you to sacred realms. Not only territories, but sacred realms. Atmospheres that are sanctified, a sacred realm of believers that are set apart, not only in body, but in mind. Glory to God. And it's hard, it's very hard to be sanctified in this environment. As we grow closer to the coming of the Lord, young people have access to the internet sites that we never had access to. 
The number one thing on the internet right now is not technology. The number one search is pornography and it's killing young men. But God wants you to go to sacred realms. Sacred realms. Believers that are set apart. Not only in their body. But in their mind, a whole lot of people like to look at church people who fall in their body. But a whole lot of people have never, ever really stood up in their mind. It is easier to fall in your body because it's harder to stay connected in your mind. Thank you, God. The people who fall in their body could not control the way they think. And that's why God, you're a holy nation. You're a holy nation. You're set apart. These are the distinctive marks of you. You're chosen, glory to God. You will not fit in. You are royal priesthood. You will not fit in. You're distinct. You're a holy nation called to sacred realms. A sacred realm, a believer that's set apart, you'll never fit in. And you're a peculiar people. You're a special people. A special society of people. Bigger than any sorority. Bigger than any club. Bigger than any college. Bigger than any society. Glory to God. You're that distinct. You know who wrote this? A man by the name of Peter. Who was a little different from his brother's. He had a brother named Andrew, and his brother Andrew actually hooked him up with Jesus. He said, I want you, I met a man that I think you need to meet. And Andrew, this is Operation Andrew. There are many Andrews in our world today, the evangelists that need to hook people up with Jesus. That's what you're called to do. The reason why people like to hang out with you, you hook up there, hook them up with liquor, but you're supposed to get them a shot of Jesus. Amen. You know why they like to hang around you? Because you are the evangelist. You're supposed to bring them to Jesus. Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. Jesus then said, Peter, follow me. I want you to get this. He was always a little different. Brawny, always running his mouth. Always running his mouth. Jesus walked up to him and said, can I use your boat? <laughs> use my boat? What he, okay, man, use the boat. He steps in the boat and starts preaching, pushes off a little bit, starts preaching to those on the shore. When he did, multitudes start gathering. Multitudes start gathering. Multitudes start gathering so much he had to push a little bit more. Peter said, man, this young preacher can really preach. But I'm a fisherman. <laughs> we need to fish. I didn't catch anything. While he's preaching, his face is disfigured. He's under the anointing. He turns to Peter and said, launch out in the deep. It wasn't no request. Sir, can you push away? He stepped in the man's boat and took over. Then when his face disfigured while under the anointing, launch out in the deep. That's what he said to him like that. Peter said, but we toil all night. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll launch out in the deep. And I'm saying to you in the name of Jesus, some of you are too close to your shores. You're comfortable with being right there. Because you don't have to do nothing different. You've been doing the same thing over and over. But God is trying to get you abundance. 
And to get it, you can't stay on the shores. And I got to say it to you this way. I can't play with you with it. I can't say it nice. You need to launch out. You need to stop playing with your destiny. Push back and then launch out in the deep. Glory to God. Peter started to argue with him a little bit. But he saw something in the man. He said, we've taught all night. Nevertheless, at your word. I'll launch out, glory to God. And when he did and let down his nets, he caught so much fish, glory to God. In the place that he's been fishing all night, that it almost sunk his boat. And God is trying to sink your present vessel with the abundance. He's going to make you buy another ship. Glory to God. He wants to hit you so hard with the abundance that you can't live the way you live. You can't operate the way you used to. You can't do things the way you used to do them. He wants to do something fresh, vibrant, and dynamic in your life. Oh, help me, Jesus. That's why he called you to be a special people. Even when Jesus fixed the man Peter and he walked with Jesus for a while, he was always different. When he went to grab Peter, Jesus, he took out his sword and cut off the priest's ear. Jesus picked up the ear on the ground, put it back on the man's head, slapped it there and mended it back together. He said, those of you that live by the sword will die by the sword. You're different. You're not supposed to fight with your fists anymore. I need you to speak the word. You're always battling like this, but that's not how you win this battle. I'm trying to teach you to be peculiar. Glory to God. Jesus said, one of you will betray me. Peter said, you know what? Not me, Lord. I'll never betray you. I'll never, I'll never. I'm trying to be different. Jesus said, you don't know who you are yet. Uh, there's a trial coming your way. Before the cock crows three times, you will be the one that denied me. Peter said, no, Lord. I'll go to the grave with you. When they start beating Jesus with that canonized tail and pulling off flesh, it really bothered Peter. He pushed back. He's standing there uh, warming himself by a fire. And he's talking a little bit. This little girl said, you sound like this young Dempsey. You sound like you were with him. He said, I don't know the man. It wasn't me. Somebody else said, no, you sound, your speech betrays you. The scripture said he started cussing. Frackum, freakum, 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 all of you that's I heard a church person cause Peter did too you can push people into a place where they've never been before that's why we don't trust ourselves he called you different and called you peculiar if you look at people's identity and only tied to what they did you'll see flaws in all of us but God is looking beyond the, what you see the external looking at the heart thank you Jesus he's peculiar Notice what they say, your speech betrays you. You sound like you've been with him. Glory to God. And that's why you'll never fit in. If Jesus put a little of his fragrance on you, you'll never be able to go back to the normal. Somebody will always hurt you. You'll always mess up and you'll be back in the same boat until you get your head together. And I speak to you sternly but out of love because I believe God told me to tell you that this morning. Are you becoming ordinary when he call you to be different? You are different. And after Jesus was raised from the dead, they were back fishing again. They went back to the old routines. The scripture said Jesus was on the shore now 
Whole different scenario. Peter's on his boat again, but now Jesus is on the shore. And he was preparing fish. Already prepared. Really speaking to uh, being a fisher of a man. Teaching him how to take what he's learned. All of the disappointments and take it into his future. And when Jesus spoke to them, they didn't recognize him. But Peter looked out and said, that's peculiar. That's peculiar. The Bible said he didn't even wait on the boat to get to the shore. He dove in and swam to Jesus. I missed you, Lord. It's been 50 days. <laughs> Without hearing your presence or hearing your voice. And I miss you. Scripture says he drove, dove in the, in the water and swam to Jesus till he got in his presence. You're that kind of person. You're different. Everybody else, they can't get wet. But when you love, you'll walk in the rain. <laughs> Man, I'm preaching. When you love, you're standing out in the rain. What are you doing? Why did you do that to me? <laughs> man, I'm preaching, man. You, your heart get involved. You don't try to be cool with it. <laughs> All right, whatever, 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 whatever. What do you mean, whatever? Man, when your heart get involved, you better get something. Let the woman know. Let the man know. I'm almost done, y'all. God wants to get two gifts to this church. The gift of faith, that's different. And healing. Healing is coming. These are two gifts that will manifest here. And you got to say I'm different. Say I dare to be different. Strive for the distinction. Y'all don't say it with conviction. You got to say it. I dare to be different. Say it. And when you are, everybody's not going to hang out with you. That's what you need to know. But it's all right. It's all right. Father, I thank you for faith. I decree and declare faith rising in the distinction of your people. That their faith would make them distinct. We are a chosen generation, chosen for this time. A royal priesthood. Hallelujah. We are separated people, worshipers that praise you until the power comes. We are a holy nation. We have been entered into sacred realms. Hallelujah. And we are a peculiar people, a special society. Father, I give you praise for us daring to be different. And I thank you, God, that faith, even now, will begin to rise up. This gift of faith will rise up in this ministry and in the hearts of your people. The faith that will believe you for more. The more abundant life. I give you praise, not only for the faith for more. I thank you for healing accompanying this faith. We must believe that you're able. We must believe that you can turn things around. We must believe that you can cancel debts. You can cancel tax debts during this season. You can cancel issues that held us back. You can stop the avenger in our lives. You can stop the locusts from eating our harvest. You can turn things around. We have enough faith, hallelujah, that though the world is experiencing certain things, your people can come through better and more fulfilled in the name of the Lord. So, Father, I thank you for the mirror. I give you praise even for the broken glass because you're going to use it. Hallelujah. The shattered dreams that when you put us back together, we'll never go astray again. 
I give you praise for a true reflection, Lord God, that whatever you bless us with, we'll see that reflection in the places and in the people that love us most. I decree and declare, Father, hallelujah, difference and distinction. But I also thank you for the, the power to work it out, the abundance, that the AL that will flow through the people of God. So let abundance flow through your people. Not only let it flow through us, but let there be a reservoir. Hallelujah. In our lives. Fill up our pools in the name of the Lord. Let there be a fountain that overflows. God, I thank you for causing us to step into realms that we've never seen. Into dimensions of authority and power that we do not know. I give you praise as Jacob was able to sense a gate. Father, I thank you that we're in this season now in the name of the Lord. And I thank you for helping me to direct our prayers in the name of Jesus in a way that will cause us to grow in abundance. Let it flow to every heart and soul in the name of Jesus. To the unsaved, I thank you for saving. To the uttermost, I thank you for saving in Jesus' name. Bring families closer together. Father, I pray for the lost. I pray again for those nurses and doctors that are tired on the front line. People working in nursing homes and assistant living facilities. I thank you for the protection of the Lord in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the increase. Hallelujah. Thank you that businesses will grow and flourish during this time. I give you praise, Father, that we will be smart in how we spend, we spend our money. That we would also sow into the kingdom. And there will be legacy given in the name of Jesus. That our people will begin to think about putting the church and the ministry, God, in their benefit package. And I thank you for creating legacy for the ministry in, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that we're not selfish. We will leave a legacy when we depart this life. Father, I give you glory and honor for the abundance, the increase, the tsunami that will come to your people. I give you glory and praise for what you're going to do for the nation. I thank you that the end result of the nation, that America will be safe and whole again. Father, do what you need to do. Fix what you need to fix. Remove what you need to remove. Establish what you need to establish. And we will give you the praise. We trust in you. Men trust in chariots and horses. But we put our trust in the name of the Lord. And Father, I bless you. And I thank you, God, for supplying every need according to your riches and glory. Save that man in the name of Jesus. Save that woman in Jesus' name. Save that boy. Save that girl. Save that household in the name of Jesus. Save those feet. Father, I see someone lame in the feet. I thank you for healing feet in the name of Jesus. Even now, Father, I thank you for taking away that pain in the foot in the name of Jesus. I give you praise, Father. The misery in the feet, the diseased feet will be healed. Touch it right now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Father, I thank you that this hip replacement won't, won't be necessary. I give you praise for touching that hip in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that the alignment will come. Glory to God. The alignment will come to the spine in the name of Jesus. And there will be healing in the spine. Father, that pain that rushes to the brain, fix it now. God, you can move disc in the name of the Lord. You can grow out limbs in Jesus' name. I decree it and declare it in the name of the Lord. Let it be so. Say to the Lord, rebuke you. It is God's desire to heal his people. Father, let faith rise in us to believe that you can. And it is your desire to do so. 
And Father, we give you the praise for doing it. Hallelujah. Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.